Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And it is the most wonderful time of the year, except when you're stressed to the max. Hey, Rachel, I know that Christmas and all things holiday are so wonderful, except for all the times that we feel so stressed out that we can't sleep at night, we can't get anything done. So I'd like to, I'd like to talk about that because I don't think we're alone. I bet you there are some gals that are hanging out here with us today who would just rather go to Tahiti and call the whole thing off. <laughs> <laughs> now, Christmas in Tahiti does sound kind of good. I know. Yes, and uh, my um, my mother-in-law, I love her dearly, she has that tendency. She would hit, she, she, she's gotten better about it over the years, but for a long stretch there, she would hit a point um, somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas, sometime in early December when I think it all started to get to her. And she would start to say things like, you know what, if this is going to be this stressful, let's just not have Christmas. And, we, and she was the host. She's the matriarch. And we would all like, you know, like PTSD jitters would happen. Like she would threaten to call off Christmas. Um, and then what would happen after that was that we would all like go on best behavior and, you know, like, let's be super helpful. Oh my gosh, she's so stressed. And then somewhere around the week before Christmas, like last week of, like usually I'm talking a couple of days before Christmas Eve, she would suddenly want to do Christmas, feel bad for having nearly called it off. And then she would go out and, and over shop and over, like, you know, then she would, <laughs> then she would go overboard because she would, you know, she really did want to do Christmas. She just would get overwhelmed at some point, and it was like clockwork. And so, for for many years, we would all, you know, panic a little when she would, you know, threaten to, to uh, close down Christmas this year. But then we started to realize <laughs> this is the pattern. And so then we started to know, oh, okay, yeah, okay, she's going to feel this way for the next ten to twelve days, and then she'll be back. <laughs> Oh, I'm laughing because I can so relate to this. I One year, I went so far as to look up places that we could go for two weeks at Christmas and just disappear and not come back. And my husband looked at me like, you know, he was laughing at first. He was like, oh, yeah. And I said, no, no, I've got prices. I've got airline ticket prices. We can do this. I'm we serious. can get out of here. <laughs> and he looked at me almost afraid that I had already bought the tickets because he was like, honey, uh, it'll be okay. Is everything all right? But he, you know what? We're not alone, Rachel. I mean, this was your mother-in-law, you said, would do this? Yes. Yes, I love her dearly. Yeah, see, she is my kind of gal because we really do understand each other. And I, and I read a survey by the American Psychological Association, and they found out that more women than men feel stressed at Christmas, and they have a harder time relaxing and enjoying the season. And it really just kind of defeats the whole point of having the holidays for a lot of gals because we get so overwhelmed. Yes. And so 
I think it's worthwhile to look at why do we feel so stressed at Christmas. Sometimes it's for reasons that we don't have um, any control over. Like I know you've lost family members this year. Um, you know, sometimes it's a loss of a loved one and you really can't do anything about that. Um, you're going to feel that sense of loss, you know, at, at a poignant time like holidays. And sometimes it's, you know, I have a dear friend who has a very um, special needs child. And for her, sometimes it's hard gathering with the rest of the, her family and watching all the kids play and her kid can't participate in the same way, you know. And so she feels that sense of loss in, in a way. Sometimes it's, you know, your loved one is deployed overseas. And so sometimes it's things that you have no control over. But then there's other reasons we get so stressed out at Christmas that maybe we sort of self-inflict because we, we are trying so hard to have a Pinterest-worthy Christmas that it's killing us. Or we want so desperately to please the you know, the, the loved ones in our life that we're spending more than we really have budget for. Or we're, uh, we've said yes to too many, you know, parties and commitments and, you know, plays and nutcracker ballets and all of it. And um, we're kind of running ourselves ragged. Christmas time is also flu season, by the way. Um, so we, you know, it's not a great time to, uh, to be pushing it too far. And I don't know if you've ever been sick over Christmas, but that's the worst. But, you know, maybe you are just like uh, Rachel and I, as we're talking about uh, how Christmas has kind of turned from Christmas to stressmas. You know, we get these modes of feeling like we have to do it all. And uh, the survey says that most women say, 50% of the work they do around Christmas is self-imposed. I am guilty of that. We feel like we are compelled to not only create rituals, but then continue to follow those traditions. Oh, so you know what happens then is, is you're trying to create that in your mind and your kids wake up 20 minutes earlier than you expected. And on Christmas Day, you're yelling at them, get back upstairs. The cinnamon rolls are not ready yet. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, here's what I've discovered over the years is that we set unrealistic expectations on ourselves and on others, even more so in the holiday season. We have in our mind what our wonderful producer Jay has hanging on his wall. It is that Norman Rockwell scene of the perfect Thanksgiving dinner when everybody's sitting at the table and the bird is perfect and all the place settings are just right and uh, every hair is in place and dad is carving the turkey and that's maybe not our idea of what a perfect day looks like at Christmas but we all have in our mind how we think things should go and when we set up those unrealistic expectations, we really are setting ourselves up for disappointment. Well, let me tell you who cured me of that Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving image in my head, and that again would be my lovely mother-in-law, Barbara. When I was dating Rick, he brought me home for the um, 
Thanksgiving holiday. And he, they kindly invited my dad to come too. My dad's a widow, so that was really sweet. So my dad and I are house guests at Barbara's house. We're there for Thanksgiving. Um, and in my house, Thanksgiving, we always, we, we were recreating the Norman Rockwell painting. Um, and in their house, we woke up, we gathered in the kitchen. Um, Barbara came into the kitchen. We're, we're all gathered there. And she's like, okay, so let's see. It's Thanksgiving. And she opened the pantry and she scanned it. And she's like, okay, so we're probably going to need some potatoes. Somebody make a list. Put potatoes on the list. <laughs> and uh, uh, Rachel, do you like gravy? Do you want gravy? What kind of gravy do you like? Okay, put gravy on the list. Um, what what kind? Of, what should what should we have for greens? Do you, do you want green beans? Like I and I it like I was astonished. I'm like, oh, we have not planned for this. Okay, <laughs> huh? You even have house guests and you've not planned for. Wow. And you know what? She gave us that list and she sent us to the grocery store. And so Rick's dad and my dad and me and Rick went to the grocery store on Thanksgiving morning with the list. And we had the best time in the grocery store. We pretended to be hunting down the ingredients um, as if we were, you know, pilgrims. Um, we just had so much fun and we came home and then she called everybody into the kitchen and she gave everybody a different recipe and pile of ingredients and she said, okay, make your dish. And we all made part of the meal and sat down and had it and it was lovely. It was one of my favorite Thanksgivings ever. Um, and she put clearly zero stress into that. <laughs> I have done that. And I, I love that about our daughter. We're going to go to her house uh, and have a big meal. And she does that. She says, um, everybody that comes, you know, come either with your ingredients that you can prepare there or bring something in advance and Everybody just kind of pitches in, and, and there's so much fun that happens around the kitchen when everybody's in there laughing and preparing and making something together. Now, I know you did that when you went to Italy. That was part of the, the fun, was making the meal together, and, and it doesn't have to be stressful, and yet, boy, do we make it that way. Well, yeah, because my mom, I mean, she might would let my, my grandmother help her. But otherwise, it was like my mom in the kitchen pulling off every last side dish, you know. Um, and I think that's a lot of work for one person to carry. To I mean, and it usually is the, the, the mom in the family, right? That's the uh, upholder of traditions and the maker of all things beautiful and merry and yummy. So, um so, uh, you know, I just, that's what I was accustomed to was my mom just knocking herself out to produce for the rest of us this tradition. And so it was kind of, first it was perplexing to me, but then I really appreciated seeing Barbara approach it in a completely different way that was relaxed and fun. And we had an equally great Thanksgiving. Isn't that funny? Because I have always been more like your mom it, as my kids were growing up it just felt like all of the responsibility to make the holiday season special and magical was on my shoulders and I had to to make it happen because I knew that if I didn't it wouldn't happen 
And with my grandkids, it's a totally different approach that I take. I, I, I do with them what I do at uh, Grandma and Grandpa camp time. I totally involve them. One of the ways that we combated busyness um, in the the holiday season, well, busyness and also going over budget. Um, when my kids were small, you know, we were on teacher salaries, which aren't isn't a lot. And so um, every Christmas, we would um, around mid November or so, I would ask everyone to tell me what's one thing you really, really want to do this Christmas, and we'll make sure that that happens. Anything else beyond that will be gravy, but I want to make sure. You know, whatever the most wanted thing is that you want to do, we will do. And some years, Elena, one year she wanted to see the Nutcracker Ballet, and we did that. Another year she wanted to make gingerbread cookies, and so we did that. That just sort of helped for me to know, you know, that when you carry that notion of I need to make all the magic happen, and you're not even sure what's going to be magical for the other person, ask them. <laughs> tell me, tell me what would be the most magical for you this Christmas. And then that was my approach. I just, those things went on the calendar. Money got set aside for those things. And anything else we managed to get to was just bonus, was just gravy. Uh, I couldn't agree more because uh, my sister has said this to me before when I have been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I always used to think that was such a unique thing to say, but I have seen my grandmother and the chickens with their heads cut off, and they do run. So I do feel like that chicken sometimes at the holiday season, and my sister would say, would you just sit down and have a cup of coffee and have a conversation with me, please? And I would realize, oh, I'm doing it again. I'm and, and my girls have called me on the carpet about that recently, and they said, look, Mom, we want to help. We want to do things. Let us all pitch in and be a part of the process. And so I love that. I love when you can kind of have those conversations ahead of time like you did with your family. It took me a lot longer to get to that point, but... There are times, and it doesn't matter how young your kids are, you can involve them. You can involve the, the other people that come to your house, like your mother-in-law did you and your, your dad. You ended up at the grocery store. How wonderful is that, that you don't have any inhibitions about asking somebody to do something outside the norm? And you're inviting them in to be a part. And, you know, that's what I was doing. I was inviting my kids into the holiday planning process versus me thinking I had to do it all myself and then just surprise, voila. And then, you know, maybe I hit the mark, maybe I don't. Maybe I spent too much time or money in one area that I could have avoided. The other thing that I um, was less successful but wanted to try to do is once my kids were old enough to have the cell phones and the way to communicate with their friends on Christmas, which didn't exist when I was a child, I noticed they would be completely happy with the presents that they opened up and the Christmas morning that they had until they got on social media and saw their friends posting pictures of the things that they got or else their friends were in Tahiti for Christmas. And, uh, and you know, and then I could see like her, 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 
contentment was so short-lived um, thanks to social media. So I tried to make a rule there for many years that uh, Christmas Day was a phone-free, social media-free zone. You, nobody was allowed. Love that. Love, love, love that. Oh, that is that is great advice right there. And sometimes it is when your children are grown too. You know, you've got married children with grandchildren. And they are all missing the moment because they're on their electronic devices. Love that. Okay, so this year, I'm going to put a basket at the front door and everybody deposits their their phones. What do you think? I will try it and hopefully it doesn't backfire on me. I'll tell you something else I'm trying this year. And I've talked about this before, but in the in the effort to not be so stressed about the food prep because my kids are helping with that this year and taking a little bit of this that stress off i am doing the treasure hunt that we always did as a kid and this is going to be more involved than i've ever done before because the the, the treasure hunt that we always did at holiday time was with a whole extended family group and we would get in cars and we would drive to these different locations and find clues but I'm doing it we yeah it was the most fun oh my word and my mom and her best friend would work on this for months ahead of time and they would write this story and it was a, a fabulous it was always a, a, in rhyme you know so it was like Old Donder Bay, the mystery of Old Donder Bay. And you would have these characters and they had mannequins they would set up. Well, I'm working on making that happen this year, but it's only going to be around our five acres because our kids can't drive yet. So that that's going to be something that I would love to to have going forward to make a memory. As we're talking about the holidays and how uh, crazy life can be, I know that when we set our expectations too high, and I'm not setting my expectations too high on this treasure hunt because it's the first time, so how bad could it be, right? They, they go have some fun and come back. But one of, the, one of the side effects that happen, I think, when we are setting our expectations high, it's similar to what you said, the kids come down too early and you're not ready for them yet. And then all of a sudden there's an argument about get back in bed, I'm not ready for you. I think that we can do that with our spouses too. You know, they, they become the scapegoat of our stress when we are overwhelmed and instead of, of talking about it we just kind of lash out because we're so stressed out in the moment yes and I can do that but what I'm also prone to doing is making him the um, honey-do list that is the result of my own Pinterest worthy crazy expectations right and so you know Rick wakes up on Christmas day and I've got a list for him that says you know Preheat the oven to 500 and pressure wash the house. 
And he's like, huh? I thought this was my holiday, too. <laughs> when the guests come, that needs to be done by 1030. Guests come at 11 for brunch. Pressure wash the house. <laughs> Well, we can be so stressed out this time of year. And girls, I just want us to figure out the the ways that we can let go of some of the stress. And, and Rachel, you were spot on with saying you had conversations. I mean, I think that is the number one key ingredient that needs to happen at the very beginning of the season and continue the conversations as you go so let your kids know this is you know a fun time for all of us how are we all going to participate and even the day of your mother-in-law was still having conversations make sure you're you're talking to one another about the expectations and about what everybody is looking forward to but you know what the problem with that is then we don't get to have the moment that exists only in our heads where we do it all ourselves. And then we say, surprise, voila. And everybody says, oh my God, Rachel, you're amazing. This is, oh my gosh, you're our savior. You're our hero, right? Like that's the, you know, if you're having other people do half the stuff with you, you're no longer in that position. Ooh. You're stepping on some toes, I know, because we love, we feed on that so many times. It's like, yes, I want to, I want my kids to still think they need me. And so we do that. We try to make sure that we're uh, accomplishing the things that wouldn't get done without you. But you know what? I think that we trade, we trade some peace of mind when we do that. Yes, for sure, because we're taking on all the stress and we're making all the decisions. And then we're super disappointed when the decisions that we made that we were convinced everybody would love go over with a thud. Right. Or we feel like they are unappreciative. You know, they're uh, they just don't really see the work that went into it. And you're like, wait a minute, do you know? And then again, you're having these negative discussions. And every time you get family together and friends together that haven't been together in one room for a while, (laughs) it can soon escalate. The smallest little misunderstanding can escalate into something unhealthy and un unproductive and negative and so that tendency to you know i'm not appreciated like so here's what i want to try to keep in my mind this christmas i only want to spend christmas with one martyr and that's jesus so that means i don't get to be the martyr when i feel like uh, i had to do most of the work or i'm not appreciated enough or Um, whatever it might be, Jesus was the only one here um, that takes that role. So I think the challenge for this week is to try and keep the main things at the forefront, and that is to have conversations with our loved ones, to try and be on the same page, welcome people into the participation of the holidays, um, and to manage our own expectations so that we don't get overstressed or over cranky or feel underappreciated. I love it. 
And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at EncouragementCafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.